Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama as we start out with just Jimmy, but that's okay. Uh, I forget to click on that every now and again. Uh, Let me start over but I'm not going to edit this. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, man, pretty good. Pretty good. Very excited about basketball and football and baseball and softball. Lots to be excited about. We are going to continue our recruiting superlatives today. Uh, No doubt about that. Um, Before we get into that, though, this segment, what we'll do is just talk a little bit. Alabama's got a game tonight against Mississippi State. It's a big one. Um, It would complete the trifecta of winning three big, huge monster games in a row. I predicted we'd win them all in a row. We need to win this one. Uh, It's crucial. Mississippi State is, I think, on the bubble. Um, I don't even know if they're last four out right now, but – they're still in the bubble, so they're going to, you know, they're going to fight hard. Mississippi State and Alabama have a nice little rivalry. I, I think they are the two closest schools in the SEC to one another, um, even closer than Tuscaloosa at Auburn. So um, there's always a nice rivalry going back to the Mario Austin days, and um, I think that will continue. But I'm going to predict an Alabama victory for tonight. I'm going to predict a victory as well. I, I thought we might split Arkansas and Mississippi State, we, and we might. Uh, I, I think losing to Mississippi State, to some extent, would almost fit the profile of this team. Not that we have many bad losses, but the fact is Mississippi State wouldn't be a terrible loss. They're, they're a bubble team. I think right now they're either first four out or next four out. We've already lost to Mississippi State on the road. But that, that being said, I actually believe Alabama is going to win this game. Uh, and that I was wrong about the split. I, I think Alabama is getting better. It's just not getting – they're not improving, you know, in monstrous steps. I, I think it's it's two inches forward and one inch back. And, and But but by the end of the year, it will all add up. Um, I'm expecting an Alabama team to shoot it um, better than uh, than what they looked this past Saturday and, uh, and, and maybe get some – nice games from some unexpected sources and and somehow find a way to win the game. I doubt it's going to be beautiful, but all that matters is just winning, cementing the seeding, and then again, as I've stated now for three weeks, play your best in March. Teams that are playing their best right now and two weeks ago are going to lose in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere about two inches forward, one inch back. It's something to do with those cold swimming pool, but I'm not going to get into all that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I will get in trouble for that joke. I'm sorry, but this is uh, this is what we do. We, this is who we are. Um, okay, I also want to talk about the uh, mini feud between the city of Tuscaloosa and um, – University of Alabama in terms of alcohol sales. And, you know, it's funny because when I was in school and Jimmy, I guess you too, I remember pretty vividly that um, Alabama and uh, the university and the city did, there was no synergy. I mean, it was like two different huge communities um, that, that seemed miles and miles apart rather than the University of Alabama is tucked away inside the city of Tuscaloosa. Um, 
and but of late it feels like they've been getting along great and and there's a there's a nice synergy but this seems kind of kind of silly like it's all going this way let's figure this out i understand there are probably some uh tie-ins to the city would have to provide more cops for this or do that then then just add a tax to the sale of the drink i, I think they want to add this the tax to the ticket which doesn't make sense we're, we're having a hard enough time getting people to the games don't tax the tickets anymore. All right. Uh, a couple things, um, you know, as, as far as the way I look at it, I think sometimes we can make it too complicated by, by figuring out formulas and what sounds right. Look, this is pretty simple. They already sell beer in other college towns at football games and basketball games. They already do this in Austin, and they do this in Columbia. Uh, you know, they, they, they do it in Columbus, Ohio. They do it in, in Athens, Georgia, and Baton Rouge. Louisiana, how are they doing it? I mean, what, what what are they doing? And we should do this the way, quote, everyone else does it. Uh, secondly, in terms of like, I, I doubt that what Tuscaloosa is asking for is standard in, in one sense, Luke. I, I doubt uh, in Huntsville where they have minor league baseball, does the minor league baseball park, uh, do, they, do they charge extra on their tickets to pay Huntsville uh, to put more police? Uh, on the streets? Uh, do they do it in Birmingham with the Barons or in Montgomery with the Biscuits? Um, it, it is, is, you know, uh, so, so I think it would be easy for Alabama, the university, to find out the answers to all that and, and proceed in that way. Look, if what Tuscaloosa is asking for is standard, then maybe we're stuck with that. If it's not standard, then, uh, then, then, then Alabama has absolutely every right to be not just say no, but be angry about this. Why, why are y'all asking for stuff that the other towns don't get? Uh, so that to me is ultimately the answer to this. What is everybody else doing? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And I can't imagine that there's, and maybe there is something on there. And look, I, I don't know why we just can't come to a resolution, whatever it is. It feels like, and maybe I'm wrong about this. It feels like Tuscaloosa is being a little bit, greedy with this and um but that's just me because here's the other side if you have alcohol sales i would think that um it may help with the crowds if you bring more people into the city to go watch games that's more people buying gas and meals and, and bust opens at the gas station whatever so i feel like it's a little short-sighted of the city but i'm gonna go uh, on record and say, I also probably don't have all the facts. I'm just saying from the surface, this is what it looks like. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Bar. This is the time of year. I know you've given up on your New Year's resolutions. I have. I'm thinking about starting them over. But you know, this not this year though. I'm going to do something different. I've, I've given up on all my resolutions except the one to eat right. And that's thanks to Built Bar. I'm, I'm keeping that resolution so far. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I enjoy eating them. It's like you know, resolution by nature, it seems like something you, oh, I have to do this. No, I, I like to do this. Have you tried the puffs? They're awesome. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Yeah, they're fantastic. Buffs, puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. That sounds crazy to say, but that's true. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're everything you want. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, by the way, too. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
Look, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's built.com for 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCKED15. Okay. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds and totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, <clears throat> Jimmy, let's go back to some superlatives here. Right. As I pull my superlatives up. Um, all right, here's one. Uh, and and I think we're going to try and keep these as nice as we can. for long. We have some cruel categories in here. Not cruel because we don't like the players. Cruel because... We had to come up with some different categories, and some of them are by nature cruel. But um, here's one that, again, this may not be fair to you because you and I didn't collaborate on this. But okay. we have a category every year where I say I'm more bullish than Jimmy on, and you say you're more bullish than Luke on. Well, I'm going to say I'm more bullish than you on Emmanuel Henderson. And what I say about him is I know that Jimmy thinks – uh, you know, oh, excuse me, let me start that over. I know what Jimmy thinks here. Yeah, he's a star athlete, but where does he actually play? Look, if your great auntie bequeaths you an antique sewing table worth $5,000, you find a place for it, even if you don't sew. Henderson started a small school against lesser competition, but I love the idea of this kid's being on the team, knowing he may have to move around to find a position. My hope is that makes him hungry to find his true home. Some of the previous picks I had in this category were Robbie Oots, Jamarian Latham, Christian Barmore. I nailed that one. Dylan Moses, Sean Jennings. I didn't nail that one. Um, Anthony Jennings. I did nail that one. Sean Deion Hamilton. Nailed it. Leon Brown. Nope. And Dylan Lee. Nope. And D. Hart. Nope. So who would you think you're more bullish than me on? Um... <clears throat> Yeah, that's really t- no, no. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I, w- I want to get it right. Um, I'll take, I'll, I'll pick one that I know I'm more bullish than you, just because I think I'm more bullish on on this guy than most people, including yourself. And that's Dane Shore, uh, the offensive lineman. Um, and, and really, it's because I have quite a bit of confidence in in the staff. And by that, I mean this is a camp offer. Uh, I know. He has not played even a ton of high school football due to injury, uh, due to eligibility questions. Uh, he is the lowest ranked guy in our entire class by the services, just simply because there's not a lot of great tape on him out there uh, because he didn't play, like I said, a ton of high school football. Yet he comes to Alabama's camp and performs in front of the staff and is immediately offered. And camp is the best evaluation tool. Camp's better than tape. You can remove a lot of the variables you work with the actual kids. So I have quite a bit of confidence in, in, in many uh, camp offers and Dane Shore among them further, the interior lineman, and I know you'll see him listed as a tackle, but to me, he's a center or guard. Um, interior linemen are, are one of those positions, Luke, where where the NFL is full of three stars and no stars. 
uh, who, who are centers and guards in the NFL. They're, they're rarely the five-star types. You see that at tackle some, but you won't see it as much at center and guard, which is a blue-collar position, blue-collar guys. Those kids are sort of made as opposed to born that way. So uh, I, I think Dane Shore, uh, and I'll compare him to Seth McLaughlin, who's starting as a redshirt freshman. Uh, I think Dane Shore is a guy that's going to come in with no expectations, and when he gets in the lineup down the road, it will be a surprise to people, but I, I won't be particularly surprised. Yeah, and I talk about Dane Shore in a category a little bit later on. Um, I think that's a, a a good pick by you, and, and you are. You're dead on. You're more bullish than I am on him. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to do uh, the guys that – you, I'm more bearish, and you're more bearish uh, than the respective other ones. That that made no sense, but let's take a break. <laughs> All right. So we, if we have a category that says Luke's more bullish than Jimmy on, we also have to have a category Luke is more bearish than Jimmy on, and meaning I have less faith in this guy than Jimmy probably is not an insult towards the kid at all. When we do this category, I want y'all to know that it just means that I'm playing the percentages here, especially on this one. And here's one that's probably going to shock some people. Cause I'm going to tell you something. I love the fact we signed him, but this is more about positional history. I'm more bearish than Jimmy on Amari Niblack. And what I say about that is, Tight ends have been teasing me in Tuscaloosa since I was there in school 30 years ago. I mean that from a position group on the football team and a sorority sense. But how many times <laughs> But how many times have we been suckered into the this tight end recruit, we are really going to make a star routine? You say O.J. Howard? I retort with, yeah, but he was only awesome one time against LSU and twice against Clemson. The tight end position has been an enigma at Bama forever, and I won't buy into the next great thing until I see real production. Present, uh, excuse me, previous picks by me were Kendrick Blackshire, Carl Tucker, Michael Parker, Vandarius Cowan, Jamar King, Hale Hinches, Marlon Humphrey. That was a weird pick by me. Or Darius Stewart, also a weird pick. Eddie Williams, which was a dumb pick, and Aaron Douglas. The rest of them I made. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can see that because I think the thing with Nablack is is we know we can catch the ball. We know he's going to be a threat doing that. But the fact is he's just simply not going to play until he can prove he can block. He, he won't be playing in the games unless he's getting people blocked. And, and that's ultimately the question with him. And, and it won't be answered until he gets on campus and you find out. Um, you know, to me, more bearish would be like a, who, who's very, very much like the Nablack answer, who's who's very highly rated but maybe not quite what 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 the expectations are. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you who, I, who I'll go with, and that, that's one of the uh, the DBs. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, as soon as as soon as I was naming him, I was uh, I was I was going off the rails. The, the corner. Uh, why am I? You know, the corner that's going to play opposite Ricks. Uh, 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 Earl Little. Or a little, okay, God, yeah. almighty. I mean, like, I'm, 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 I'm sitting here like thinking, Earl Little, okay, Earl Little, and this is why. This, this is this is why, Earl. My reasoning on this is simple. First of all, I'm, I'm very high on Earl as a prospect. Earl is exactly the type of guy that can play early. Uh, I think he'll show up ready to be a starter. 
But Alabama is so stacked at DB, I just don't see how he gets on the field. And I, I think he's going to be a little frustrated that he's not getting on the field quickly. I mean, at corner, he's got Kool-Aid and Ricks likely ahead of him, probably even Kyrie Jackson ahead of him. At Starry, he'll have Branch ahead of him. He'll have Malachi Moore ahead of him. He's a guy that could convert to safety, but he's not going to play in front of Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellum. So I just wonder how a kid who's ready to play is going to handle not playing. Uh, and it hopefully won't affect him in the long term, but it could. But that's just one guy. I see a lot of guesses out there about freshmen who will play early, and I see Earl Little's name on a lot of those guesses, Luke. And and I get it from a talent standpoint, but we just don't substitute at DB. You're a starter or you don't really play. And uh, outside of special teams, I just don't see Earl on the field early. I I think that's fair. Um I do think that's fair. I think that's – and I appreciate you're going out on a limb there because I think most people are very excited about Earl Little, including me. Look, again, let's be clear about this. We're excited about all these guys. If Alabama signed them, we're excited about them. These, these are – you can't have all categories of who do you think is going to have the all-time record for touchdowns? Who do you think is going to be the most awesome? Who's the best looking? We can't do those – got to have some categories that are – uh, you know, okay, let's be real. We're trying to be real here. Jimmy and I do nothing but keep it real. That's what we do. What is, um, mm. Anyway, I, I do appreciate that I, because I think that's that's really going out on a limb. But, you know, it's it's not crazy. And I'll tell you, you probably, um, in terms of ranking versus – uh, where they can contri contribute immediately, you you might have nailed it at least for this year. And I think that um, you and I both believe these guys can certainly be contributors um, right. and potentially even stars. But I think it, you know, there's some logic in there. Um, I, let's go ahead and do one more category. I don't want this episode to be too terribly short. Um, here's one that I do every year, which is kind of dumb, because uh, but it's it's fine, and I you. I always do a category called wish we had signed and didn't. I'm not going to do that one. Instead, I'm going to do wish we had signed and did. Like, yeah. this is the guy that I really wanted to sign and I was worried we weren't going to. That's that's the category. There might be a better label for it. But mine is Curtis Perry. <laughs> um, I said, this is what I said about him, dude. Curtis is dude. I mean, I love this kid. Is he undersized? Sure. Does he have Will Anderson's reach? No. But does he have the motor of a 747? Oh, hell yes. This guy will be a nightmare to block. Get unrealistic about this player, y'all, because he's going to be a thing. Now, that, that would have been uh, my answer. So I think it's the perfect answer for this category is, is that because I think there was legit concern uh, over his size that Alabama was not going to take him. And, and I, I bet there were – I bet without knowing it's just a slam dunk uh, that there were many discussions in the, in the, in the recruiting meetings about whether he was a take or not uh, over his size alone. Now, as a player, there's just no question, but he is smaller framed than the vast majority of defensive linemen signed by Alabama. I'll throw in another guy almost similar in retrospect, Luke, I'm a little surprised we offered Antonio kite, but I'm really glad that we did. And I just say that in the sense that, so many of the Saban signees are freaks. They're just freaks. They're 
they're tremendously large for their position or they're tremendously fast for their position. There's something about them athletically that makes them uh, uh, out of the ordinary athletically uh, for their projected spot. And Antonio Kite isn't that thing. He's not a 4-3 guy. He's not a 215-pound safety. Uh, he wasn't recruited by everyone in the country because he's so obviously incredible. Uh, he's just a guy uh, with, that I think has average speed and average size for the position, but I'm really glad we took him. And, 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 that, and that's because while size and speed is hugely important, uh, at the safety position, I love an instinctive player, a player that just sort of knows where the ball is going. And even more importantly than that, much like Eddie Jackson, who I compare Antonio Kite to, uh, as soon as Kite gets his hands on the ball, he's an offensive player. Uh, he's a guy that's a really good bet to score if he gets his hands on the ball, uh, just a real instinctive baller. And uh, I like him. Uh, again, a little surprised Alabama took him because Alabama just tends to size athletic freaks and Kite doesn't fit that uh, profile. So uh, that would be my answer. But but my first answer would have been the same as yours, which is Curtis Perry. Yeah, yeah. and I think that um, the the Curtis Perry thing to me, it, it see, and I go back to Kite being my choice for sleeper yesterday. I, I think Kite is going to be uh, – he's underappreciated now, but I think he'll be appropriately appreciated later. Um, Curtis Perry, I saw him in the state championship game. I, I've seen his highlights. I, I called him in the state championship game, I believe. I did. Um, I'm trying to remember all the state championship games I called. I mean, it's hard. I get switched around. But, uh, man, he's a thing. I'm telling you, he, it's one of those where um, – He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's just he just gets there, and and you don't know how to deal with it. He's not Reggie White. I mean, where he just uses one arm to push grown men away. He just he's just better. It, like there's he's so good at everything, but um, it makes him great overall. I, you know, everybody loves to say jack of all trades, master of none. I think he's a jack of all trades and a master of getting in the backfield. So I, I think that makes him a master of getting in the backfield. So big Curtis Perry fan. I've got a – I'm really mad at myself that I missed the opportunity. Um, I have a very good one uh, category, and, boy, I'm tempted to say – what? how much time? We've done 222. All right, eh, let's call it quits. I'll save this. Uh, this is a this is what we call in the business a teaser. Um, oh, my God. Thank God you muted for that. Yeah. I saw the video of you coughing. That it looked terrible. horrible. That has to. It, COVID, COVID wouldn't make you cough like that. <laughs> COVID is back just now. Now I'm good. They have the Jimicron <laughs> variant. It's been so long since I've been in this office. It's a bit dusty. I think that's the issue. <laughs> the Stanacron uh, variant. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Y'all join us tomorrow. We'll talk about Alabama, Mississippi State, hopefully review a big victory. We will also continue our um, superlatives, and I've got a great one for you tomorrow. So we'll talk about it then. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.